Hello everyone, my name is Aaron. I'm one of the pastors here at HTVB. Today, we're going to be looking at the book of Acts, specifically chapter 10. Now, the book of Acts are stories of the first group of Christians receiving the Holy Spirit and going around to share about the good news of Jesus. And in Acts chapter 10, it introduces the first group of Gentiles to receive the Holy Spirit. So we're going to go in a little bit of story reading. Uh, it's a long chapter, so let's dive in together. So chapter 10. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day, at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctively saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius! Cornelius stared at fear, at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He's staying with Simon the tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. Scene. Right now, we go on to the part where Peter was having his own moment with the Lord. Verse 9. At about noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. Basically, he was there, but he could see something in the spiritual realm. Verse 11, he saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being down, being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Now, this might be confusing to Peter. You see, Peter was a Jew. And uh, according to the law, there's some kind of animals that you just don't associate with, especially you don't eat. For, for instance, like reptiles, like you're just not allowed to have it. Birds, there's only certain types of birds you're allowed to have. Birds like ostrich and walkers and other kinds of birds are not permitted. And also pig are not permitted as well. But he saw all these different animals in front of him. In verse 12, it contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Verse 14, Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God had made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the man sent by Cornelius found out where Peter Simon was, uh, was at and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up, go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. So Peter went down, said to the man, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The man replied, We have come from Cornelius, the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear 
what you have to say. So Peter invited the man into the house to be his guest. Scene. Now, the next part of the scene is Peter was now going to meet this guy who also had a vision from the Lord. So he says the next day, Peter started out with them and some of the believers from Joppa went, with, went along. This is sort of like Peter's ministry team coming along with Peter. Verse 24, the following day he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives, his friends to come. So basically, Cornelius, knowing that Peter is about to come, called everyone he knew to come and hear from Peter. Verse 25, as Peter entered the house, Cornelius met with him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said, I'm only a man. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found this large gathering of people. He said to them, you know, you're all well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has showed me that I should not call anything impure or unclean. So I was sent for. I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? And so Cornelius answered. He shared his experience in what happened. Three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour and at three in the afternoon, suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayers and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He's a guest in the house of Simon the Tanner, who lived by the sea. So I sent for you immediately and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Verse 34, for then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accept everyone from every nation, the one who fears him and does what is right. So at this point, basically, Peter just went on to tell about Jesus, what he has done. He died on the cross and then he appeared to the man, told, people, uh, told his disciples to go and preach the gospel and talked about the forgiveness of sin. Now we're going to pick up the story back at verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter was astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit has been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Let's pray and dive into this passage together. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We ask God, would you speak to us now and reveal the person Jesus, reveal your heart for us through this passage. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. My one point sermon today is that everyone is fully invited into the kingdom of God. Everyone is fully invited into the kingdom of God. Now, one of my many dream jobs right after high school was to be a pilot. Why? Because it has the best office view in the world. They literally get to see the world from the cockpit of an airplane. So I was in national service. I remember I received this letter calling for an interview in this flying school. And as I was preparing for this interview, I was preparing for this question that they were asked, why do you want to join this flying school? And my line went something like, 
well, I see myself flying and contributing to the airline industries. And so joining your flying school will be like a dream come true. It's all superficial. I just wanted to get into the flying school to be a pilot. The day of the interview arrived, I was sat in front of the flying school principal's office and there were other, people's around me, other people around me and the person that was seated next to me keeps geeking out about all these different types of airplanes and flying engines, which all flew across my head. Get it? Like engine, airplanes, like it just flew. Anyways, it was my turn to get into the office to be interviewed. And the question I've been waiting for finally came up. Why do you want to join this flying school? To which I confidently replied, I see myself flying and contributing to the airline industry. And it's, and it's my dream to join this. To which at that very point, the principal interrupted me. And he asked me this question, name me a plane with two engines. I paused and just blanked. And then he asked me, uh, name me a plane with two engines. I just paused and blanked. And then he asked me again, how about a plane with four engines? And I just suddenly snapped out of my blank mind and confidently replied, well, I see myself flying and contributing to the airlines industry. And it's my dream to join you. To which he interrupted, he said, so you don't know much about aircrafts. Why did you come for this interview? To which I replied, well, I see myself flying and contributing to this airline industry. And it's been my dream. Let's just say my dream ended there. After the interview, I didn't get an offer at all. And, you know, honestly, I was this young kid. I felt written off uh, a little bit too quickly. And it took me a while to recover. Well, obviously, I was written off with a good and solid reason. But in the passage we read earlier, this man named Cornelius, he was written off for unreasonable reason. He was written off because of his race, a Gentile. They were written off from receiving the good news of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. He could also possibly be written off because he was a Roman soldier and the people who put Jesus on the cross was them. So into this, God intervenes and communicates one thing in Acts chapter 10. Everyone is welcome into the kingdom of God. Everyone is fully welcome into your kingdom of God. There are two conversions that happen in the passage we read earlier. The conversion of the mind, which was Peter, and then the conversion of the heart, which was Cornelius. So let's explore this, the conversion of the mind. God is for all. Now, let's define these two terms, Jews and Gentiles. Jews are the Jews. They are the Bumiputras of the nation of Israel. And Gentiles are anyone who isn't a Jew. So in the Old Testament, the Jews were the chosen people of God. And God made a covenant with them. He established His law with the Jews and said, You are my chosen people. And it's through the law that the Jews can be reconciled with God. But God's heart has always been for all people, including the Gentiles. So in the Old Testament, God said this, I will say to those called not my people, you are my people, and they will say, you are my God. When you glance through the Old Testament, it's easy to conclude that God is only for the Jews. 
Now, there are two strong reasons to believe that God were also for the Gentiles in the Old Testament. The first one, because the law was given to the Jews. The law that was given to the Jews were also Gentile-friendly. When the law given by God to the Jews, the Gentiles were also welcome into the family of God, but with two conditions. They need to be circumcised and follow the Lord and follow the law. Sadly, this didn't play out so well because the Jews themselves were struggling to keep with the law. And there were many instances where the Jews were joining together with the Gentiles to worship the God that the Gentiles worship. It's a little bit of a mess. But there were also Gentiles who joined in and observed the law. Second evidence is God's desire for the Gentiles. There were several people that God used and reached out to in the Old Testament who were Gentiles. People like Ruth, Rahab, Hagar, and the biggest display of his love to the Gentiles was written in the book of Jonah. The story of Jonah was God sending Jonah to warn the Gentiles in Nineveh of the wicked ways. And Jonah was upset because God was too compassionate towards the Gentiles. Jonah had written off the Gentiles in Nineveh. But God, but not God, God called the people there to repentance and they did. So this tension between the Jews and the Gentiles went on even until Acts chapter 10, we read earlier in verse 28. Peter said this, he said, You're well aware that it's against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. Now, fact is, there's nothing written in God's law that a man mustn't associate himself with Gentiles. Peter was making a statement from a standpoint of a traditional Phariseeism rather than that from the law itself. You see, it's so engraved in a culture that a Jew was brought up in a way that they are not to associate themselves with Gentiles. So God confronted this because everyone is fully welcome into the kingdom of God. He gave Peter a vision to show that nobody is written off in the kingdom of God. In verse 11, he says, He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down into earth in all four corners. It contains all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill it. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time, Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This was to indicate and confront Peter's mind of labeling the Gentiles as unclean, a conversion of the mind. Now, I wonder for you, if there's anyone around you that you have probably written off because they are different to you, that they are not of your culture, or they're not quite like you. Someone whom you have labeled and passed an unfair judgment over them. Maybe it's a person, maybe it's a group of people, Maybe you are that person who have been written off before. God wants you to know that He so loved everyone, including you, and no one is written off in His kingdom. His heart is that every one of you and your friends and your families, or your colleagues has an opportunity to have a relationship with Him. Oftentimes, He would use you to reach out to the group which you have written off. In this passage, God used Peter to reach out to Cornelius. Second observation is the conversion of the heart 
This is the conversion of Cornelius. God wanted his all. But wait a minute, isn't Cornelius a devoted guy already? Scripture says that he was devoted to prayer and he was giving to the poor. For God, it wasn't enough to just be devoted to prayer and give to the poor. He wants all of Cornelius. Now, it isn't enough to just have a religious checkbox ticked, like read my Bible every day, I tune into church online every Sunday, I serve in my local community, I'm kind to my colleagues. These are all good and we do encourage everyone to live out our faith in action. But God wants more than our action. He wants us. Jesus wanted Cornelius to know the gospel and have a relationship with Jesus and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so God brought Peter to Cornelius and Peter shared the gospel in verse 36. He said, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, whom the Lord, whom is Lord of all. So what is this good news of peace? If you are new to the Christian faith and community, the good news of peace is the good news of a peace relationship with God. You see, when God created Adam and Eve, he had a peace relationship with mankind. There were no distance. So imagine this is mankind and God. There was no distance between God and us. But when man disobeyed God, then sin came into the picture. So let's imagine this as sin. And so now mankind cannot come into close relationship with God unless a peace offering was made. So in the Old Testament, peace offering was regularly offered to God. It is through obeying the law that man can connect with God. And what is the Old Testament peace offering? You see, the penalty of sin is death. And so in the Old Testament, according to the law, the priest will pray and transfer the sin of either a person or family into an unblemished lamb or an animal and then sacrifice it according to the law so that for the forgiveness of sin. But now, the good news is that in the New Testament, Jesus is the Lamb of God, the Prince of Peace, and He has borne our sin on Himself and died on the cross as the final sacrifice. What for? So that we can have a peace relationship with God. We can have a close and intimate relationship with Him. God wants you above your works. He wants you because He loves you. Because of Jesus, everyone is fully welcome into the kingdom of God. Maybe you're listening today and you have ticked all the Christian boxes of doing your quiet times, giving to the poor, but haven't fully given your heart to Him. Maybe there are some places in your heart in your life that you have written off. It's impossible for God to work in these areas. I don't think God likes them. I don't think He likes this part of me. He hasn't written you off. He wants all of you, including the not so nice parts. He wants all of you because He loves you. And He loves you so much that He wants to transform those areas of your heart to become more like Him. Okay. Now that we understand that God wants everyone and every part of us, including those parts which we have written off and those people we have written off, what, what can I do? What can we do? I want to suggest two things. Number one, pray. Oftentimes, it's in prayer that God speaks to us 
God spoke to both Cornelius and Peter during their time of prayer. In verse 30, it writes, Cornelius answered, Three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour at about three in the afternoon. Suddenly, a man in shining clothes stood before me. And similar thing happened to Peter. Verse 9, about noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while he was waiting for the meal to be prepared, he fell into a trance. God spoke to both of them during a time of prayer. So never underestimate your prayer time for the Lord. And as you pray, maybe this week, you can ask Him two things. One is, is there any place in my heart that I've written off and hidden from you? Reveal those areas to me and show me what I can do. And the second prayer, maybe you can ask, is there someone or anyone around me that I've knowingly or unknowingly written off? God, would you show me who they are and what I can do? It was true prayer that God revealed to Cornelius of his need to hear the gospel and receive the Holy Spirit. And it's true prayer that Peter received a vision to be inclusive of the Gentile and to show no favoritism. Second practical step is to obey. Whatever he tells you, obey. Cornelius obeyed the vision and he had sent his servant to Joppa. And Peter did the same thing too in verse 29. So when I sent for you, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent to me? See, Peter obeyed and he didn't complain or object. Even he didn't quite understand fully what was this vision about. And can I encourage you in your time of prayer, if you sense the Lord might be asking you to do something, share it with a wise person in the faith and then do it. It's good to seek wise counsel. See, the centurion actually in verse 7, if you read properly, it says, when the angels who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that has happened and sent them to Joppa. Some scholars believe that the devout soldier was one who was in the faith, just like the centurion, Cornelius, who was also a, a devoted himself. Pray, and obey. And I just want to end with a story. A few weeks ago, I was at this youth camp and there was this young boy who was a little awkward with his social interaction and with people. I remember one time during ministry time, I just walked up to him and said, hey, uh, could I pray to you? To which he immediately went like, no, I'm fine. And I remember I was like taken aback a little bit and Quite honestly, if I can be honest with you, I've sort of since then on like written him off in my heart saying that, okay, he doesn't want to be left alone. I wouldn't want to just, I wouldn't want to continue to pursue and um, share Jesus with him. And so the next day, I remember when we were having this group discussion, everyone was sitting in small groups, was talking about parts of the session, but he was on his own. But strangely, he, was, he had a Bible in his hand and he was just reading it very focused. And, you know, I thought to myself, ah, you know, maybe it's just him, you know. He didn't want, doesn't want to interact with anyone. He just wants his own space. I'm not going to bother. And then on the third day of camp, it was the final day when we invited people to come to the front for prayer. Lots of people came. We couldn't tell who really wanted to come in front and who didn't want to come in front. And I remember I saw him again. I was like, or maybe he's the guy who doesn't want to come in front. I wasn't quite sure whether I was to go and pray for him. 
in my heart, I was, had written him off. But since I couldn't find anyone else to pray for, and so I just walked up with him, to him and just said like, oh, uh, do you want someone to pray for you? And he was like, yes. It's like, oh, okay. And then I asked him a question. I asked, have you had a chance to receive Jesus into your heart? He was like, no. And I asked him, do you want to do that? And he with a smile, he was like, yes. And so we, shared, we said the sinner's prayer together and he received Jesus into his heart for the first time. Now, if I would have just went with my heart of just writing him off and seeing him at that time, in the ministry time and saying that, I would just wouldn't walk up to him. Then we probably wouldn't have that special moment of just encountering Jesus and receiving him, receiving him into our hearts. And I wonder, maybe for some of you, maybe there are people you have written off around you that the Lord really wants to reach out to, who's ready to receive Jesus. You know, as I was re- uh, writing this talk, and uh, I sense that some of us have written off the people around us, the very one God is calling into His kingdom today. And you know, in verse 44, it writes, even before Peter finished his sermon to them, they were, the Holy Spirit came upon them in power. This was even before their baptism. Never in Scripture in the New Testament you see the Holy Spirit coming on people before their baptism. God has prepared these people so hungry that they're ready to receive Jesus. So my encouragement is, let's go. Let's surrender our hearts fully to Him and take this good news of Jesus to all people because everyone is fully welcome in the kingdom of God.